thanks for listening. Um, I have been MIA for, I guess, about a month now. Sorry about that. Um, (laughs) The Mars transit through Aries that we've been having has been lighting up my fourth house as expected. Um, Purchased a home with my husband and we moved not to mention, of course, fourth house things, um, myriad family issues. So, just add that to the soup of 2020. Um, (laughs) this episode is probably going to be pretty, pretty loosely structured, um, because that's what life looks like lately. So you just got to roll with that. But we are going to be talking about essentially just August astrology, um, as well as the latter part of 2020, because some of these transits are long term. Um, so I like to just give a refresher when people listen to remember that those things are still happening. So it is Leo season. Um, which is a nice change. Um, when we had a bunch of planets in Cancer, that is squaring off to Mars and Aries. Um, and a square is always a point of tension, but that was also exacerbated by the fact that there is also a square with all the planets in Capricorn. Um, Mars was squaring both sets of those planets, and, um you know, as well as the Cancer Capricorn opposition. Just a lot of tension and back and forth. Um, You don't need astrology to know that. (laughs) I think we all can feel it um, quite viscerally in our our day-to-day lives, as well as just watching it play out uh, in the world generally. So, um... Yeah, astrology is a very helpful tool for that, but even if you don't know um, the transits, you can feel them. It's it's happening, whether you're paying attention or not. It's just, it's just life. Um, and life this year is very difficult, and um, I never want to bring anybody down, certainly, but I also think it's important to be honest, and so... While I would love to have a ton of good news that things are going to get better and things are going to lighten up, um, astrologically speaking, they're not really. We do have some relief coming because those planets in Cancer are moving into Leo, um, which is forming a more harmonious aspect to the Mars and Aries transit. Um, So the sun is now trining Mars, um, and a trine is just a more harmonious aspect. Um, those planets work together, but keeping in mind that Mars is still squaring, um, Saturn, Pluto, Jupiter, not, um, I don't believe that the degree has gone exact with the Saturn, Mars square, but you feel it either way. Um, because it's just going to keep happening for months. So that's fun. Um, I'm going to sort of talk about certain planets more broadly just to get people who may not be super familiar with um, 
the energy, the translation of those planets, um, so you can get a better feel for it. If you're if you're new to this kind of thing, I try to try to keep things um, thorough, but also beginner friendly because I know it can be really overwhelming when you first um, jump into astrology. So I already covered um, some of this more in depth on my Patreon page last month. Um, but I'll sort of touch on it here just, again, to make things um, user-friendly. <laughs> so Mars um, is the planet of action and motivation. Um, it's very expressive, which just means that its energy moves outward. It's, it's externally um, oriented. So the energy of, of Mars moves outward. And Saturn is definitely, I love hate Saturn. <laughs> Saturn is all about discipline and boundaries and restriction. And um, Saturn sets limits on things as a way to teach us, um, to teach us discipline, to teach us the value of things when we can't readily have them all the time. Um, and I spoke about this too in um, a previous episode about Jupiter and Capricorn, how Jupiter and Saturn have been in Capricorn together this year. And Jupiter is very expansive um, and just likes to infinitely grow, whereas Saturn sets those limits. Um, and we normally look to Jupiter for some sort of benefit, um, opportunity, a bonus. Um, Jupiter just likes to help and bring us the good things. And Saturn is <laughs> definitely more of a, a strict paternal archetype, if you will. So, um, and being in the sign of Capricorn, which is one of Saturn's ruling, um, ruling signs, it's, you know, Saturn wins the fight, essentially, um, when it comes to this year of Jupiter and Capricorn, um, it is not great as it is, and then combined with Pluto and Saturn, um, Saturn wins the fight. So now we have this Mars and Aries, which is, uh, Mars rulership, so Mars is very relentless in Aries. That's the word that keeps coming up for me. Just in my day-to-day -day life, things feel very relentless. Um, there's a lot of energy there. Now, the energy of Aries is very... Um, it peaks very quickly, and it falls just as quickly, so it's difficult to sustain that kind of energy. You have to really pace it um, and store it up, and that's that's very difficult with Mars and Aries because Aries just wants to go, 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 and do, 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 all the things, all the time. <laughs> so that in and of itself is very exhausting. It's exhausting in the body. It's exhausting mentally, emotionally. Um, if you are somewhat familiar with your chart, you should certainly check which house Aries is for you because this Mars transit 
being, you know, the entirety of the second half of 2020 will also help you to understand Mars and understand Mars transits. Um, normally Mars is only in a sign for about six weeks. And since we have um, a retrograde this year, Mars is going to be hanging out in Aries for six months instead. So we're just getting a lot of that. <laughs> um, and it's not stopping. However, because Mars is squaring Saturn, um, and Saturn is in Capricorn, they're both in this, in their ruling signs. So they're both very much at home. Um, but Saturn certainly has the higher ground in this fight and has more influence. So essentially this is the hurry up and wait of 2020, um, Part of that, of you know, obviously comes from the fact that we've all been stuck at home or very limited in the ways that we can interact and move, which is incredibly frustrating for Mars anywhere, but especially Mars and Aries. Um, it's just so frustrating. Um, again, you don't, you don't need astrology to know that. That's just life lately. But <laughs> if you want to blame a planet... Um, there you go. It's Saturn's fault. So, um, yeah, Saturn, Saturn wins this fight. Saturn wins this argument. Saturn has, um, greater influence here. Now that's not to say that Mars is useless, um, especially in Aries. Mars is very powerful. Um, but there's something to be said for no, for picking your battles essentially. So trying to force things to happen is just not the name of the game in 2020. Um, you will hit so many walls. And I'm not saying that to be like, you should just give up. <laughs> That's not what I mean. But you have to essentially cultivate tremendous amounts of patience and fortitude this year. Um, and knowing how to pace yourself and knowing that you're not going to get everything you want right away, um, or potentially even for months. Um, I'm on a personal note, finding myself in that very boat. Um, you know, we have had to change our wedding date and then we don't know if we're going to have a reception or not. And I mean, I just have to accept that there's nothing I can do. <laughs> there's nothing I can do about that. So, um, as much as I would like to push back against the universe, that's very foolish. And being 32, I know that now. Um, I definitely did not know that in my twenties, but thankfully I'm a bit wiser than I used to be. So there's that. And I'm, I'm interested to see how this particularly is affecting people around my age who had their Saturn return in Capricorn. Um, so if you're around like 30 to 32 ish, um, your natal Saturn was in Capricorn and you had your Saturn return in Capricorn. So we sort of exited that in March when Saturn moved on and moved into Aquarius. But of course, then in July, uh, Saturn stationed retrograde coming back to Capricorn, it's like, a revisit, a revisitation. Um, it's sort of like you thought you were free, but 
Saturn is coming back to make sure that we have learned the lessons we need to learn, um, making sure that we are responsible and careful and um, hardworking and humble. There's a lot of humility in Saturn's lessons, um, which is another aspect that makes this whole square with Mars and Aries very difficult um, to swallow because Mars and Aries, and I'm saying this as an Aries, um, we just want to do what we want to fucking do when we want to do it. Um, <laughs> and we're willing to fight for it. But um, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't always work. And there's something to be said for, again, like picking your battles and knowing when to sort of swallow your pride and be like, okay, I just can't have this right now. You know, I can't get what I want right now. Maybe I can get it later. Um, maybe if I can just be patient and understand that it's not all about me, <laughs> maybe uh, eventually I will be rewarded. Saturn's rewards are hard earned and generally tend to be delayed. You have to um, you have to integrate Saturn's lessons and you have to be patient and you have to be humble. Um, and you can't be selfish either. So <laughs> it's been endlessly frustrating too to see people kind of just ignore reality and do whatever they want to do. Um, not be careful with all this uh, COVID business and, you know, these people who are being very selfish are the reason that this keeps spreading and, you know, lockdowns are probably going to happen again. Um, the actions of the few determine the actions of the many. And that's also a very big Saturn and Aquarius theme. Um, Saturn does have to do with consequences and some people, um, frame that as karma. Um, they're essentially the same thing. So Aquarius rules nations, large groups of people, communities. So as Saturn moved into Capricorn earlier in the year, we um, started seeing this mass accountability and this like the karma of like institutions and huge groups of people and countries and systems of power and um, all of that. And now... Um, but that's still carrying through, but I feel like, especially with Saturn's retrograde revisiting Capricorn, it's back to the individual currently, um, and we're going to have Saturn and Capricorn until December, so, um, yeah, squaring Mars and Aries the whole time, it's going to be so great, uh, <laughs> But the good thing is that Mars and Aries is very tough. Um, so being able to, even though Mars is very expressive, like I said earlier, you know, the energy of Mars moves outward. Um, in this particular case, it, it's like, um, how do I want to phrase it? It's sort of like reserving your energy or like, like turning that, well, of course it's like that because we're getting ready to have a Mars retrograde, duh. But it's like learning how to turn that Mars tenacity inward, 
um, so that you know, even if you can't do externally all these things you want to do right away, or, you know, life and Saturn just keep knocking you down endlessly. It's like you make a plan and then it falls through and you want to go do this thing and you can't and you want to move forward in some way. And there's always like a, well, you have to wait. Well, here's a barrier. Here's an obstacle. And it's not something that you can just plow your way through. Um, it's smarter to turn that tenacity inward, um, and find, I, I shudder to say the word spiritual because I don't want it to be mistaken. Um, we'll say psychological, the psychological tenacity to know, okay, I can do this. Like I can get through this. It sucks and it's frustrating and I'm angry, but like I can handle this. I just have to suck it up. Um, which is a very Saturn thing as well. Um, but yeah, so I feel like Mars retrograde, which is, um, coming up in September, September 9th to, I think, November 13th, around that date. Um, that's going to be turning, you know, Mars, especially Mars and Aries, is like the warrior, the soldier. Um, any retrograde period is not only a period of review and reevaluation. Like, what is the value of the things that this particular planet rules? Um, but also, like, what is my internal relationship with this part of myself, this part of my life, this part of my psyche? And how can I have a healthier relationship with that? So Mars as a warrior, a soldier, a fighter, um, turning inward to, to be like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> um, and sometimes being able to do something is not about external gratification or, um, sometimes the victory is in not doing. And I know that sounds super counterintuitive. Um, but it's really just, making it through. There's this book, um, Love Warrior by Glennon Doyle. I don't think she took her wife's last name, um, Glennon Doyle. But I think when she wrote that book, it was still Glennon Doyle Mel Melton. Um, but anyway, she talks about going through a divorce and all this stuff. And she goes to a yoga class and it's hot yoga. And she hates being hot. And it was her first yoga class. And she said that all she could do was sit on her mat and, and just make it through the class. And it was miserable, but she did it. She didn't give up. She didn't get up and leave. She just powered through. And that is Mars retrograde in Aries. <laughs> And just like 2020 in general, like we just, we just have to make it through. That's essentially our option. And there's so many things that are completely out of our control. Um, and I think that it's times like this and thankfully, you know, everything cycles through. It's not always going to be this way, even though some very good things are, are coming out of all these hardships. Um, I find as an astrologer that I get more 
inquiries about chart readings and transit reports and, and just general like curiosity about these things when life is very much out of our control. And having a lot of control is a very Western uh, frame of mind, a very Western perspective, um, thinking that we just have dominion over everything. And especially when Saturn comes into play, um, it's a very stark reminder that we don't. And that can feel harsh and unfair and like a very rude awakening. Um, especially coming out of a year of Jupiter and Sagittarius where everything was just, oh, it's great. You know, now it's like, okay, this sucks. And it does suck. And it's okay to say that. Um, but again, it's a cycle. It's not always going to be this way. We just have to do our best to make it through and, and not be shitty (laughs) in the process, hopefully. So I just wanted to sort of explain that dynamic because it's it's ongoing um, pretty much for the rest of the year. So if you feel like you're one step forward, two steps back, or every time you make a plan, every time you set a goal, it's just so hard to reach it. Um, that's just how it is. And don't beat yourself up and, you know... as an Aries, again, I don't like this word, but you kind of have to submit to life sometimes and just be like, okay, I can't control this. I can't, you know, do anything besides do my part and survive this. Um, that's just where we are. So, okay. So going into August, like I said, we have the sun and Mercury moving away from Cancer into Leo, which is nice. Um, better aspect to Mars um, and not in opposition to Saturn, Pluto, Jupiter, all in Capricorn. So it's kind of like a sort of like a moment to breathe. Um, it's kind of brief, but hey, I'll take it. Um <laughs> I will take it. Cancer season was, it's never great for me as an Aries. Um, cancer season, cancer anything is squaring my sun and Mercury. So, um, it's a challenge, but this one in particular, whoo, it was, it was rough. Um, so I'll take a little break. Uh, I'll take whatever little reprieve the universe is willing to give us right now. And that's essentially Leo season. So we have, um, that square sort of dissolving, um, between sun, Mercury and Mars, at least, um, the full moon, we had the full moon in Aquarius on August 3rd. Um, that was an interesting full moon. It was squaring Uranus, in Taurus, but for me, it was fine. Um, Uranus definitely has a chaotic element to it and a revelatory element to it. Um, especially when it's activated by another planet, it's, it's more visceral. Um, it's just more active in general. And I think that's because Uranus 
has such a slow transit. It's in a sign for about seven years. So it's, it's kind of like happening in the background and we don't notice it as much until it gets hit by another planet, um, whether it be in your natal chart or a tra- another transiting planet um, that, come, that comes into contact with it, whether it be um, conjunct, opposition, square, any of that. So the, the full moon was squaring Uranus, but the full moon was in Aquarius, which is Uranus's ruling sign. So I don't know. I didn't think it was that bad, um, personally, but I'm interested to see how it was for other people. It's definitely hard to sleep, which I expected. Aquarius energy definitely has some like insomnia elements, but again, if you are familiar with your chart, um, see what house Uranus, or excuse me, see what house Taurus is for you. So which house do you have in your chart that's ruled by Taurus? Um, because there was definitely probably some kind of activation there, um, around that full moon, which is August 3rd. Again, I'm just kind of like curious how it, how it translates with my clients, Um, I've had a few clients that have had transiting Uranus hitting their natal planets, and that is um, way more apparent and sudden and visceral in in people's lives. So you may want to check out if you have anything around or very close to 10 degrees Taurus, Um, because I'm sure something happened. (laughs) If you do, uh, something something got hit there, um, by Uranus. Uranus is unmistakable when he does definitely, like, conjunct another planet. It's, it is the tower card. Um, it is the rug being pulled out from beneath you or learning some crazy piece of truth, be it good or bad. Um, but it's important to keep in mind that Uranus, as a, as an archetype, the ultimate goal there is, is liberty. So any Uranus transit, um, the, the end goal, regardless of the madness in the method, the end goal is liberation. So if a relationship falls apart or you lose a job or you get a new job or, um, somebody just leaves your life suddenly, there's a point to that. Um, I find that a lot of at least with my clients, a lot of Uranus transits feel revelatory and it's very like, oh my God, I didn't think about this until just now, or I never saw it this way. Um, and ultimately what we do with those moments, how we handle those moments is all on us. It can be great and terrible and it can be both and that's fine. But yeah, check out around 10 degrees Taurus in your chart and just see, see what you got hanging out there. Um, cause I'm sure you felt it. <laughs> um, what else do we have going on this month? Venus is currently very, very close to the North node, which is nice. Um, sort of faded, faded relationships or faded love, or just feeling very intentional with um, love, be it broad or romantic or platonic. Um, and I feel like that's, 
a good, definitely a good um, aid right now to be able to have that um, meaningful connection to our sense of love and our uh, the, the necessity of sharing that. Today, August 7th in particular, we have um, the moon hanging out with Neptune and Pisces, very sleepy feeling. Um, moon and Pisces can be very like dreamy and sleepy anyway, but especially considering Neptune is there as well. It's just a very slow, tired, dreamy, uh, spaced out kind of day. <laughs> um, and then the sun is still squaring Uranus. So that's just further tensions with not being able to do what we want, not being able to feel free um, in a lot of ways. It's obvious to see that play out nationally, certainly in America. Um, yeah, I've been, I've been pretty burnt out on like social media and news and um, I try to stay on top of things, but there's only so much anybody can digest <laughs> and it's, um, yeah, especially if you have a lot of other things already happening just in your personal life, it can be very difficult to juggle like national crises, uh, worldwide crises with your own personal crises. So that's fun. Um, <laughs> I definitely have felt like, okay, we need to, we need to like get, get away from the screens for a hot minute. Um, I feel at least for me personally, and this is probably because Leo is my ninth house. Um, Leo season to me always feels very hopeful and warm. And I find myself outside a lot more just enjoying like everything is so just in full bloom it's the height of summer um it just feels it just feels good so if you are in a position where you can be outside that's always good um any time of year but especially right now and just kind of give yourself the ability to to find a balance between like keeping your own shit together while staying informed about the dumpster fire that is the state of the earth. Um, <laughs> and Leo, um, of course, represented by the lion, but Leo rules the heart and um, the sun. So in some forms of astrology, people do refer to the sun as like your core essence, which I do agree with. Um, and they also associate the sun with the heart. So being able to lead from your heart is very important. Um, and I feel like in Leo season at its ideal expression, that's what comes through. So people seem to be just more connected with that part of themselves, um, especially with this, you know, Venus conjunct the North node, this purpose around love and relating. Um, the downside of Leo, of course, is vanity, insecurity, pride, arrogance, 
needing an audience. I know lots of Leos who aren't like that, though. Um, So it's, you know, I say this all the time, but every sign is a spectrum. So Leo ranges from that to ideally leading from the heart and shining from a place of, um, like security and, and love. Leo energy can be extremely generous. Um, and generosity comes from a place of security. If we feel like we have enough or we even have more than enough, if we don't feel threatened and we don't feel afraid, it's a lot easier for us to help other people. It's a lot easier for us to um, be generous with our time, with our resources, with our attention. So that's definitely the the best side of Leo for sure. Um, and check out your chart. Which which house is Leo for you? Um, there's still, you know, there's still other stuff going on in other signs, but it is Leo season. So this is sort of going to be, um, a more active house for you this month until, um, the 21st when we hit Virgo season. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's not, there aren't any like massive, revelations this month. It's honestly just a bit of a break. Um, not entirely, but some things have eased up that we were going through last month. Um, but again, it's a cycle. It doesn't last. So next month we're looking at, um, Mars retrograde. And then the month after that we have, uh, our last Mercury retrograde of the year in October. So enjoy, enjoy Leo season as much as you can. Try to soak it up. Um, it's a little break and, and I hate to be, I don't want to discourage people, but I also, I mean, truth is like paramount to me. And I think that, um, it would be completely unethical of me to tell people, oh, it's going to be great. It's not. It It's happening. Um, it's challenging. It's shitty. It's just, that's where we are. Um, and it's, it's foolish and unfair not to acknowledge that. And I think it's important for everybody to know, like, you can be incredibly grateful for what you have. And still be like, this year fucking sucks. (laughs) Because it just does. Um, It just does. So, yeah. Um, And then we have that new moon in Leo on August 19th. The only, really the only difficult aspect in that particular chart of that day is just the Mars-Saturn shit that's happening for months anyway. Um, the new moon looks pretty, pretty good, pretty hopeful. Um, Chiron is squaring Venus and that's always makes us feel very tender and touchy and, um, hits our, hits our sore spots for sure. But I'll take that. Um, 
over a lot of the other shitty aspects that we've been having all year. Um, (laughs) So yeah, the new moon, um, the new moon looks hopeful, cautiously optimistic. I will say that. And again, just like finding that, that Mars and Aries, like inner warrior, like, okay, I can get through this. I can do this. Um, and it's temporary. Everything is fucking temporary. If Buddhism, (laughs) when I got really into that in high school, taught me anything, um, but astrology too, it's like everything's a cycle, cycles change, it's okay. Um, it sucks in the moment, but again, like we can't control everything and it's really arrogant and quite frankly stupid to assume we can. So sometimes you just got to let that shit go. Um, I'm trying, that's my fucking mantra (laughs) this year. It's like, let that shit go. And that doesn't mean I, I hate the faux spiritual, like release what no longer serves you. Like, uh, it sounds great, but it's actually like really frustrating and painful and difficult and, Um, it's not as simple as a hashtag or an Instagram quote. Like it is work. It is work. I feel like for myself, I've had to attempt as best I can to like rewire my nervous system. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people are in the same boat where it's just like, how much stress can I survive? (laughs) Um, without either going nuts or like taking it out on people close to me how much restriction can I deal with before I break um so finding ways to mitigate stress and that's not to deny stress because that's that's actually more dangerous um acknowledge you know acknowledge it shit sucks right now it's hard it's stressful it's relentless what what can we do with what we have? Um, adaptogens are really great, whether it's supplements or teas. Um, again, like not a medical professional, so I'm not trying to give medical advice. This is just anecdotal stuff. Um, I have a shitty thyroid that is tends to be on the hyperactive end of things, so my nervous system when I do get stressed, reacts really erratically. Um, and so I've, I've taken, um, a supplement called ashwagandha that as long as I take it every day, it does seem to help a lot. Um, but there's other stuff, um, like holy basil is great. Um, nettles you can drink. Um, most grocery stores, if they have like a little, natural section or like a health food section of the grocery store you can find like nettle tea um or if you're lucky you can find like holy basil or tulsi tea um those are really nice too and if you're trying to do that it's also important to remember like it is a daily thing like you have to really cultivate a daily practice of self-care and that doesn't mean just bubble baths and treats and no, it's like, okay, get enough sleep, drink enough water, take your vitamins, go outside, 
um, you know, journal, reflect, communicate in healthy ways, go to therapy if you can. Um, Self-care is not a commodity at all, even though everybody tries to sell it to us. Um, Self-care is is a ritual. It is something that you you have to integrate into day-to-day practice or you know, if it's inconsistent, it just doesn't work, quite frankly. It's just band-aids. It's just slapping band-aids on a dam that is breaking. (laughs) Which is what we're taught to do, because you sell more shit that way. But anyway, (laughs) um, I've been thinking a lot about that personally, just like day-to-day ritual, um, day-to-day practice, I think especially when we are in positions like long, long-term positions of uncertainty and um, chaos and fear and stress and um, there's just so many variables right now. And a lot of us aren't used to it on this scale. I mean, life always has some variables, but this year it's like nothing but uncertainty. Um, and that's that's just hard. That's hard to live live in that space of uncertainty. So, as is human nature, we reach for things that give us a sense of security and that looks like different things to different people. Um, but it's also very tempting to, to resort to escapism. Um, and I, I don't ever want to, like, tell people what to think or what to do with their lives, certainly. But it, it's difficult to see people reaching out to things that aren't healthy to try to, like, build some structure around everything that's been going on. So, like, conspiracy theories, um, and as somebody with some Aquarius placements, let me tell you, I, I am intrigued (laughs) by most conspiracy theories, but, um, I, I defer to facts and science, and that's not to say that we will ever know anything, um, or, or know everything, I mean. <laughs> we'll never know everything, it's just not, we can't compute everything. Um, and I think he, it's important to remember that so that we don't get too certain of what we think we know. Um, which again goes back to that, like, Saturnian humility of like, yeah, okay, I don't know. And that's okay. Um, and that's a different form of security of like being secure in the fact that you just don't fucking know and you're probably not going to, and that's okay. (laughs) So, um, but I see it too with like spirituality and stuff online. I mean, social media is just such a shit show anyway, but like as soon as Jupiter ingressed into Capricorn, I was like, oh, here we go. All these people who are selling, like, 
bullshit manifestation and prosperity burns and oils and what the fuck ever. You know, just, just shit, just commodities, just selling things um, full of promises to strangers on the internet with no credentials. Um, I was like, that's going to fall away. And it has, and it continues to do so. Um, because people are realizing that that's not, you know, it's just another form of escapism. Um, and I'm not trying to say that like everybody that's crafting things is bullshit. Um, but a lot of them are. Um, so you have to be careful. And I think it's, this year feels like such a year of, of both self-reliance and community in a, in a weird way because we obviously through our shared fear and uncertainty and, and heartache and grief, we have a deeper understanding of the importance of connection um, and our immense isolation, not being able to see people, not being able to touch people. I hope that most of us are coming out of it with a deeper sense of community and love and like what that actually looks like. Um, but also because we are certainly physically isolated, a lot of us, um, and supply chains are messed up and there's just this broad, um, deprivation and it's not to the scale that, that it could be, but it's there. And for a lot of us pampered Americans, um, this is new to us. You know, you might go to the store and, oh, there's... The thing that you want isn't there, and they're not going to have it in for, like, months. And there's nothing you can do about it. So self-reliance in the sense of, like, okay, I maybe I can grow my own food. Maybe I can, you know, learn how to woodwork. Maybe I can um, learn how to sew. A lot of people have been learning to make bread, um, making their own masks, Things like that. It's been really cool to see that happen. Um, but that to me is is the right... Well, that's a dangerous word to use. Um, in my opinion, <laughs> that is a more practical sense of finding something to tether you to reality and tether you to, um, the ground. Honestly, it's like, okay, I can't just go get this. I can't, I can't just have this. So maybe I can make it, or maybe I can learn to live without it. Um, because a lot of us can't spend the money that we're used to spending. A lot of people are in really dire economic situations. Um, so, yeah, it's just we're reevaluating so many things that we were very attached to. And that part of it for me has been easier than I expected. Probably because I have Saturn in my first house. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so reach, like, reach for things that make you feel secure and, like, not secure in some abstract way of, like, ooh. I know this now and, you know, 
So anyway, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but, um, things that tether you to reality, things that make you feel secure in yourself and your ability to get through these things and get past these things. Um, sadly, we cannot hit the fast forward button. We just have to trudge along. And that's that Mars Saturn square that we're dealing with is just like, you can't turn around, you can't run. You just, you have to trudge through the shit. And that is essentially the second half of this year. Um, that's where we are and there's no denying it and there's no escaping it. So like, what can you do to make it a little bit easier on yourself to, to keep putting one foot in front of the other as slow as it may be, as long as, you know, it's momentum, as long as you're still moving forward, that's a good thing. So yeah, a little bit of levity in Leo season, not a ton, not a ton, but we're, you know, I'll take it. We have a slight, a slight easing of the stranglehold of 2020. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at everybody. Um, because my life is more, somewhat more settled now. I moved all of that. Um, I'm going to start, you know, coming back to the podcast, putting out new material, working on Patreon some more. Um, I'm excited to do that. I really missed it, but you know, life happens. <laughs> That's just how it is. Um, a lot of life is happening this year for sure for a lot of people. I hope that you're hanging in there. I hope that you're staying sane or at least close to sane. We're trying. We're all trying. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this. Um, I'll probably be back in a few weeks with some more, some more chit chat for you. Um, I'm going to try to do something a little lighter, um, just something more entertaining probably later this month, just for some yups. But yeah, just hang in there. We're, we're, we're doing it. We're getting there. Just, just several more months to go. It's fine. (laughs) Thank you so much. Please take care of yourselves. Bye.